0: Hello everyone, I am uh, Claudio Murgan, the host of the Spiritual Inspired Podcast, and my uh, guest uh, today is uh, Rahelio. Over the years, Rahelio has combined wisdom teachings from Eastern yogic traditions, Taoist wisdom, Christian mysticism, and Native American shamanism. He was especially drawn to the teachings of Toltec wisdom that has come out of Mexico, and to the practice of Kriya Yoga through Babaji's lineage. Rahelio arrived in Sedona 35 years ago during the Harmonic Convergence gatherings. Soon after, he created his own company, Sedona Nature Excursions, with his specialty, Mystic Tours. Uh, Rahelio, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. You know, I uh, listened to uh, several of your interviews in the past, and I'll do my best to avoid questions uh, that, you've been asked uh, already so i would like to start uh, with your time in maui hawaii in the early 80s at that time you pursued spiritual and mystical studies so if we can go deeper into what these studies were and how they were transform your uh, spiritual path well i think the number one uh,
1: thing that inspired me was uh, the study of astrology astrology was there's a very much of a esoteric side to it, and um, back at that time, I was um, just turned 21 or 22. I dropped out of college, and when I left uh, California, the week before I left, I met a Native American elder named Rolling Thunder, and he had invited me to come to train with him, but I'd already had my ticket to go to Maui, so I found myself, uh, had my boat on uh, my car on the boat, and uh, everything was ready to go. So uh, here I end up on Maui. And I had been introduced to astrology, but I had been very uh, reluctant because it seemed too complicated. I had been studying things like uh, numerology and Tarot, and uh, the, some of what they call the secret doctrine, Madame Blavatsky, things like this. And, uh, and I was introduced to the I Ching. So when I got to Hawaii, I thought, I will either study the I Ching, Chinese wisdom, or I'll study astrology. And I was thinking about it. And I thought to really study the eighteen, I need a Chinese elder to teach me to really give me the insight of how that system works. And uh, <clears throat> so, I uh, <clears throat> I moved out to a place called Kipahu, out past the seven sacred pools, uh, uh, on Maui, past Hana, and. I was living out there, and I first moved in there, and the place I moved there was, I looked around, I found a trunk, a trunk full of astrology books. There was no electricity, I had no running water inside, I took my shower outside on out of the pump. It was really, uh, you know, off-grid kind of living, and um, uh, all I had to do was uh, read astrology. So I got obsessed with it, and uh, I was studying uh, just obsessively, because once I began to use my my own chart as a practice, you know, uh, using my chart to investigate the techniques, I saw right away that it was really, uh, really quite amazing. It really astounded me, but I could see it. And I I didn't want anybody to tell me, who am I? Because I'm not looking for anybody outside of time, because that was, I want to know, how does this work? How, how uh, do we know this? How does, it's a quantum physics of of the psyche, the astrology. And so I was, I was especially inspired by a man named Dane Mujar, who was like a great genius. And he was integrating esoteric wisdom from, well, again, Madame Blavatsky and and uh, um, Alice, Alice Bailey and these uh, Rosicrucian teachings. And he was bringing in all this Western uh, philosophies and he talked. Dane Nujar was quite the Renaissance man, quite the, quite the genius. So I, I stepped it on his shoulders.
0: Yeah, so... Again, it's not unusual for someone with uh, your ancestry to look into astrology, because a lot of uh, Native American tribes were familiar with uh, the movements of stars and uh, equinoxes and solstices. And uh, you just kind of follow naturally deeper into this path because it was your way of knowing yourself and knowing uh, the universe. Is that correct?
1: Uh, exactly, a lot of it—archaeoastronomy, uh, the, uh, the sacred land lineups with the star risings and planetary cycles. I, um, um, yeah, that was quite the journey for me, especially to bring it into context with the Earth itself and how the risings of planets and planets at the high point in the sky and how that affects travel and relocation. So I was fortunate when I was on Maui to meet a an elderly sun bear. He'd just written a book called uh medicine Will astrology. So I start asking questions. I kept asking questions. He goes, like, hey, read my book, and yeah, read my book, it's in my book, read my book. So you know, I look at the book and I said, This is the same as the Western astrology, the medicine wheel and the astrology wheel. Uh, especially I love the idea of mapping the chart on the world itself, the earth being in the chart, and then being in Hawaii and coming to Sedona, it was like learning about the earth as a living being, learning about the sacred places, learning about the energy grids and sacred geometry. All these kind of things were really, um, I was just really inspired. So I had like 10 years where I was obsessed studying. And then I got to Sedona, I was 31 years old. And I stepped right into being a a vortex tour guide. And it was, I finally got a chance to express myself. A lot of the ideas I had back in the days, uh, especially before I went to Hawaii, a lot of people weren't ready to hear what I had to talk about because I had a, a number of mystical experiences, and I got jolted a little bit. I saw both the light and the shadow, so it was it was a reality check for me. And so, talking to people, it's like it's not easy to talking to people because they have their own belief systems and their own limited understanding of their own conditions. But my mind had been expanded through my experiences. So I, coming to Sedona, gave me a chance to fully begin to speak out my truth and begin to begin to feel like what it was. You know what I had to share, claim my voice, and begin to uh, step into uh, step into over- following a shamanic path.
0: Yes, and we'll come to Sedona for sure. But I would like to stay a little bit longer on um, Maui. Have you had oh. the chance to meet the a, a real local kahuna, a real elder and or the medicine man, uh, which imparted any wisdom with you?
1: Uh, I did have a chance. I met uh, uh, Kabuna from Oahu who was visiting. So I went and uh, sat with him. Uh, he had group gatherings and what he was talking about was at that time most of the people in spiritual community uh, on Maui they were doing uh, yoga traditions and a lot of the own. So he's, he was teaching the importance of using sound vibrations and teaching the vowels and toning with vowels and uh he taught some energetic movements in Hawaiian Kabuna uh, Chi moving to gather the sun energies and gathering your body into your point your navel. So his uh his teachings were like that. It was it was interesting. And um the um I didn't sit with a lot of native elders over there. Uh I didn't at that time I didn't really know much. This is back in the you know uh 79 to 85 but i did read a book by max freedom long and i saw him teaching the community that he had uh shared with teachings with him and i saw a lot from the basic premises of their teachings and i, I recognized later how this ties into shamanic wisdom from other traditions
0: yes thank you and you also had a ufo encounter on at that time as well how that Perce- you, how did you perceive that encounter? Was that transformation in any way? Or you were kind of, okay, yeah, I I can check this one on my list as well.
1: Well, at that time, at that time UFO phenomena was not on my my radar. I was not like uh, thinking about UFOs. It was the furthest thing from my mind. I was studying everything else but that. And I met a guy one day, and he had a T-shirt on, little UFOs saucers, and said, "You UFOs are real, but the government's lying. So I asked him, well, what's that all about? And he said that he had been being taken up on a ship at nighttime uh, in his dreams, being taught that other people were being taken up and being taught. And so I was open to the possibility because of, of my own experiences. I was open to the fact that maybe his was valid. But that whole week I was debating in my own mind, was he just dreaming or was he being taken out on his astral body and having this training? So I, I debated that for about a week. And in my life, especially when I've been in ma- very magical phases of my life, every seven-day period, I've would mystical experiences. So seven days later, I'm visiting some friends. And um, visiting these friends, uh, they like smoke very well. And, uh, that's what this, they call it apocalillo, a very strong herb. And I'm really, really sensitive, so I don't smoke that stuff very often. But when I do it, it blows my crown chakra off. And it opens me up to cause it makes me have to turn to my heart and start praying to the great spirit to help me lift me up and feel my connection to the source. So it's been a, a really powerful medicine for me like that. And so I, would, I needed to go outside, so I just needed to get out. I feel claustrophobic in this house. And I, I want to go outside, and and I it was so pitch black out there. there was no moon. And I was kind of stumbling along trying to find my way away from the house. And I got under the brilliant night sky. The stars were just uh, incredible Hawaii night sky. And all of a sudden, a UFO came right down, right down over my head, maybe about 40 yards over my head. And this UFO was bright like a lightning bolt, and it was hovering over me, humming a high pitch at a much higher, higher frequency. And it was kind of shimmering and like a mirage. It was flashing over me, and my rational mind goes like, "What is this? It's not a plane. It's a, there's a long wing like a plane, but there's no nose or tail. And planes don't hover. Planes don't sound like that. It's not a helicopter because helicopters have a propeller going. It's not a helicopter. And then the Porch light came on from the house, and my friends came out, and said, Rahelio, it's a UFO. And I'm laughing to myself because I knew it was a UFO, but my rational mind would not go there. My rational mind trying to be rational. So I had a number of experiences with my rational mind where I got a good laugh because mystics will say that the rational mind is the slayer of that which is real. Because when you start trying to rationalize things. It pulls you into that left brain. It's the right side of our conscious, the left brain. And when you're in a mystical, you're in the in the right brain or left side. So your dream side leads you to the higher mind. And so uh, the rational mind cannot contain the dream mind. That's why you can have a very very powerful vivid dream or vivid mystical experience, and then you can't recall it. It's like where did they go? I can't remember. It was so crystal clear. And so this is the rational mind. It was a great teaching for me. So all through my life, I've had these mystical experiences that gave me teachings that i verified with other teachers. I think I'd read a book about, say, a, a yogi would say some things or a shaman would say some things. and You know, who I really loved, a lot of writings of, was Carlos Castaneda. And yes. uh, The Power of Silence was a great book. And i, I began to look at that and say, okay, I know these experiences. I've seen these things. So it was giving me a validation because... Back in the time, I didn't really know anybody I could really talk to that really knew anything of depth. And I did go to the big island. I met the renowned Nechung Rinpoche. Nechung Rinpoche is a, was a Buddha incarnated, Tibetan Buddhist. and He had a temple there. And uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time, she told me she had been there with him. He turned into a golden of light in front of So he was a very transcendental mystic. And so when I went there, he looked at me, and he looked into me, and it's he didn't speak English, but his translator said that for, he, told, he told me through her. First, I asked him if he was a Buddha, and he, he, he said yes. And uh, and I asked her any advice. I mean, uh, he said that for me, that I was not to follow him, that I was not his teacher, that I had a teacher, that I was to uh, walk my own path and do as much merit as possible. And uh, later, she says to me, he'd never tell anybody that he's a Buddha. But uh, but for me, because I looked at him and he saw that I had some really intense mystical expressions, so giving me some kind of validation like that.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And in fact, you were given, just as you mentioned at the beginning before uh, leaving U.S. for um, Hawaii, you were given the opportunity to to study with uh, Rolling Thunder. And because you had the ticket and everything was set in in stone, pretty much, uh, you denied the offer. So, have you met him since? Have you had the chance to take in some of his knowledge and wisdom?
1: So, back in those days, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have business cards. It was, uh, and I was just flowing with, I was just, um, I was just, um, you might say, uh, uh, not all that connected with my networking at the time. But when I lived on Maui, I didn't meet a woman named Oceana Fastwolf. And I believe she might have been the source. So I was in Marin County. I was the head of a Native American student organization. And uh one day a lady came in and gave me, left an envelope for me, said you're supposed to have this, and she ran away. And then I opened it up, it was the emerald tablets of uh Thought the Atlantean. Thoth the Atlantean. And later I discovered that Oceana Fastwolf had been Connected to those uh, to those teachings, and she had been uh, involved uh, intimately with that. I went to I met her on Maui. She came there several years later. We met and became great friends. And she told me she had spent the night in the Great Pyramid and had gone to the initiation. But uh, later, when I had left Hawaii, she had contacted me, and uh, and uh, she told me that uh, Ruhelio, the, the goddess, has her hand on your shoulder. So. The goddess has her hand on your shoulder. And so when I was on Maui, that UFO experience, a week later, seven days later, like I was saying, laying in my bed, my head was ringing high pitch E. And then uh, through the night, and I said to my girlfriend, you hearing that sound? She said, I'm hearing it too. And then the back of my head began to hum. My medulla began to hum. And uh, crown chakra opened up, turned open like a, just turned. A beam of energy came right down my crown into my body. Uh, This being was pure bliss, pure bliss and uh, peace. These women began to speak to me. They said, uh, just relax and go with it. We're balancing your energy. Just relax and go with it. And when I was relaxed, it was really beautiful. Just let it come in. But then all of a sudden my mind kicked in. And my mind got started like, what's going on? Who's doing this? What's going on? You know what? I was totally... uh, you know, I, uh, my mind was shocked because it just reacted really intensely. And um, uh, again, the mind, the slayer, that which is real, the rational mind. My mind jumped like a ping pong ball. It bounced from this red conduit of energy coming down. It bounced to the right, hit the perimeter of my mind here and bounced back, ricocheted back and came back, went through my center of conduit. They were still saying, just relax, go with it. We're balancing your energy. My mind shot him to the left, bounced off there and came back. And I knew that I wanted to be in this condo. I knew this is where I wanted to be. On the sides, either side was like a radio signal. And you are on exactly on the, the dial on the, on the spot. It's, it's pure music. But on the sides, it's very staticky. So that's, that staticky was like ocean waves that were too rough and uh, 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 scattered, a psychic phenomenon, astral plane. And it also had a quality, this astral energy had a quality that did not want me in this conduit. So I, I knew I had to stop my mind in this conduit, and I went to stop my mind in my mind. I almost stopped it, and it just went a little bit too far over, and I got, it stopped in the static. And then the static was all over me, like, a, like ocean waves that were too rough, hitting me, with wave after wave that hit me. Like I, mean, I was like, ah, I was really upset with myself that this rational mind got in the way. And so uh, it was okay, though, because I got a taste. You know, I got a taste, and they put that bliss into me. And then three years later, I thought I would, uh, really, the next year later, I thought I would never leave Maui, but signs started showing me I had to go. And so I left, I was troubled, looking for where I wanted to be on the mainland, and it brought me to Sedona, and I got here on the summer solstice 1987. So the day I arrived here, those women from the star people, I call them the goddesses, they beamed back into my mind and they told me, This is where you come to do your work, you need to be a spiritual guide. See, at that time I was 31 years old and I had, I didn't know what I was going to do in the world. I, I love the mystical stuff. I, how do you make a living doing any of that? I had no skills counseling people, I had no skills yeah. with uh, doing anything uh, that had any uh, experience, you know. So, so, I was searching, where do I belong? You know, I, I, I traveled places. I went to Lake Tahoe. I love Lake Tahoe. And they told me, what's well, it snows in three months of the year. So, what am I going to do for three months of the year? And I don't like the cold. I want, I've i been in Hawaii. I want to be warmer. So, anyway, here I came to Sedona and uh, they said to me, This is where you'll do your work. You're to be a spiritual guide. There'll be thousands and thousands of people coming looking for answers. So, speak of love and inspiration. There's going to be a great awakening coming. They told me a lot more about the universal mind, bottom consciousness, and that mastering our minds with our thoughts creates our reality. And, and they were telling me so much. And I'd say to them, I already know all that. Why are you telling me that? Because they opened up my higher mind. so knowing this, My knowingness, I remembered everything. They're telling me more. I said, I already know all that. Why are you telling me that? And they told me some more. I said, I already know that. Why would I stop myself? Because then I begin to feel like, I feel maybe like I'm being rude. Like, how do I know that? And I'm not Mr. Know All. How? Where? Where am I getting this from? I, I started to doubt myself, and then they 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 said goodbye to me, and then I sat up, because I was, I was kind of leaning back like this. I sat up like, wow, wow, and I remembered it all crystal clear. And then that part about the quantum mind and the higher level and the universal laws, I forgot. <laughs> I didn't remember that. But it's on the top of my mind. So as I, I continued, always learning, I, I never stopped learning. I want to keep learning always. And I got a good feel for what that what they were telling me now, even though I don't remember it uh, when I was in the heightened state that they had pulled me into. And so they pulled me also into these higher states several times. I think it was fifth. I went into the fifth dimension. But in the fifth dimension, we are like gods. We are all knowing. We don't have a thinking rational mind. What's the problem with modern people today is that our rational mind, we think too much and we get stuck in our heads and we uh, got stressed in our minds. So the whole key is to stop the mind and and the silence of the mind, the power of silence. And so at that level, from the 50-dimensional level, we are that. We are silent mind. We have direct knowing. And if if we don't know it, we know it as we need to know it. It will be revealed to us as we go along, but you don't rationalize. Or at least I didn't when I was having those encounters. And I was actually was taken into a uh, a mountain in the back of Sedona, uh, like behind you, behind the Devil's Bridge, of you're there. There's that mountain way back there. That's what we call the Temple of Isis. I have a map. A friend of mine, Nicholas man. he and I uh, collaborated, and he divinated a star grid for Sedona, which I can show you later if you like. I can send you a copy. I've redone it in a. Uh, but that mountain on the back side of it, I found myself there, wide awake, in, in my dream time. That I was like like in the fifth dimension, and there I met, I met a woman who um, who took me into the mountain. There was a big mothership inside there. So the story goes. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of the story because here I found myself sitting cross-legged on the high ledge, looking out. I look behind you, that Devil's Bridge, that ledge goes all the way around. I was sitting on that ledge, but on that behind that mountain over there, and I was looking out about, you know, half a mile down. I could, I was awed that I could see the plants and I could see the the details in the leaves and the leaves of the bushes and trees. And I'm in such a deep still mind that I'm, I'm in awe of my own inner stillness, but I'm just at peace with it. And I'm looking, and as I look, I I started to say, like I can see the leaves. In my mind, my my realization was I can see the veins of the leaves. And I wanted to see closer. And as I squeezed my mind on it, as I squeezed my mind on it, like a, like a little camera shutter, it clicked. And then a lightning bolt came down. Bam, hit right there. And I was like, hmm. I looked over this way, and I looked at the bush there, and I began to focus on it. My mind clicked on it, and the lightning bolt came down. and hit right there. And then I looked over another place like a half a mile away, and I focused my mind on it, and a bolt hit there, and raised my head up to the sky and said, finally, I have some power. When when I was having my awakening twenty one, twenty two, 21, 22, in Hawaii, I went through a real big ego death. Because our ego is our worst enemy at times. Because we're conditioned all kinds of programming that uh, is not in alignment to our higher self. And I was going through this ego death. And I had to go through all this, give my power away. Because we accumulate personal power, but that power was ego-based. So I had to go through this death experience. because it was always kind of like, you know, I, I, it was not easy at times, especially on my vision quest. My vision quest, I was always having to die, dying and asking for, you know, help me to, great Spirit help me to clear through those obstacles that are blocking me. So mm-hmm. now here, I feel like, I got some power after being like powerless. Like I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have no power in the world. Now I got my hands up. Yeah, I, uh, I felt like I had some power. And then a light bulb came down, bam, hit about 15, 20 feet away from me. And it was, when you were in a heightened state, like, in, like like I believe in the fifth dimension, it's kind of like going from watching a black and white TV and the old fashioned color TV, Then all of a sudden you get this high definition 4K TVs. And the the stark contrast is so radical that people had a hard time adjusting to it. So this is how it is from where we are here to the next level up. It's the the next level of high definition where you're perceiving things at such an acutely more sensitive level of perception. Like our capacity to perceive is greatly expanded. And so this bolt hit next to me not that far away and uh, it jolted me like I jumped up so fast, I put my hands up this guy. I said, That's your power. I won't make that mistake again. And then I start running. I'm running along that ledge. I'm jumping cactus. I'm running really, really super fast. And then I see a woman ahead of me. She gives me a look. She's probably about 100 yards ahead of me. But I see her face like I see your face. I'm real close up. She gave me a real penetrating look. And I'm running real fast. My heart's pounding. I'm panicking because I feel like I've transgressed. And um, she stopped me in my panic. And I put me right back. She put me right back into my deep inner peace. And as I was running so fast, I began, I caught it caught right up to her. And I began to slow down and I come to a, a walk. She gave me another look and she turned and she walked. And without speaking to me, the power of silent wisdom, I knew I was to follow her. And she walked right into the mountain. Now I was observing, and my observation was she was gonna hit the wall. And she was taking big steps, and she was walking briskly. She stepped right into it, and this it opened up like a doorway opened up sideways. And she walked right in, and I followed her. As I was looking up at the mountain, I was I was I saw it like it was like a hologram. The mountain was like a hologram. I went in the doorway, and I saw the doorway was telepathic. And it was a big mothership. Very very large, like I said, as big as a mountain inside. And I looked to the right, and I saw three levels where people are walking on those levels. I looked to the left. This is quite a ways over, like is it were they fifty yards over? Maybe I don't I don't know. I can't I can't quite distance. I looked over to the left, and I saw three levels. People are walking, and in the front of me was a big open room, and people were busy. They were not passively observing. They were they were working. They were on point. And so, if you ever heard of case, yes Casey, he, he prophesied that in, uh, if there was not a spiritual awakening between 1958 and 1998, by the year 2000, we were going to have an Earth axis shift, catechism. Mm-hmm. He predicted that so there was not a spiritual awakening. And so, uh, from the work of Dolores Cannon, her hypnosis subject, she talked was showed, was given information that many people volunteered to, from the heaven realms, came down into incarnation to bring love and higher positive vibrations of the earth to help offset the negativity. And that first wave of volunteers came, came of age in the 60s. And then others came in later, helping to lift the vibration. And so yeah. we were heading for earth cataclysm. And my silent knowing tells me that those Star people, not only here, but other places, the key places around earth they stabilize Earth's core. And they also stabilize the sun. And so mm-hmm. giving Thanks. us more time for, for the divine plan to unfold.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing these beautiful experiences. And going back to uh, the ego concept, do you think that we can do that on our own, like the ego death process, or we need help from... Our guides from uh, our higher self. Um, what advice would you give someone who is looking to go through that process?
1: Well, I think it's always nice to have somebody help you. I mean, I did a lot on my own, so I found myself as a young man pushing myself into vision quests, and I, uh, I didn't even know what vision quests were at the time. But I, would take a psychedelic, like, go by myself. And I think I'm gonna lose my mind. Because it's gonna blow my mind. Because some people say, Oh, I like the LSD, etc. Oh, that's mellow, gentle, nice opening. Not for me. For me, it was like my sensitivity, even with strong marijuana, it blows my ego off. My ego dissolves. And when your ego dissolves, you lose control. And you go into like, oh shit, I'm dying, or I'm losing my mind, I'm gonna lose my mind. And nothing like go through an ego death and make you start praying to the great spirit to help you. It was my heartfelt, passionate prayers that then I made contact to get through those difficult times where I made contact with spiritual guidance. And uh, ultimately, uh, before I left to go to Hawaii, I was still in California, Marin County there. All the books I had been reading I was at a party. We used to have these parties and we would dance into the night and then go to the catch the summers at the beach and, or the summer, or the summer you know, like morning, etc. And um, one night somebody brought us some really strong marijuana. And everybody smoked it. They just kind of wiped everybody out because it was so strong. And I remember in my mind, I saw there's a fog in my mind. And then my mind was no longer contained in my brain, but my, in my head, but it, my mind was expanded outside myself. And I saw the fog all around me. And I thought, I want to see through this fog. I want to see through this fog. And a beam of light came, penetrated the fog, hit me right in the brain, right in the mind's eye, and split the, the fog up in my mind. And uh, my master spoke to me. He said, it's time for you to wake up, remember, and learn. So I left that party and went home. And around the street from where I lived, around the block, there was a the bookshop on top. Midnight, and it was like 10 30, so I went to try read anything metaphysical that I'd and, um, I could find. And they all, the books, there were some good books, but they always started really good, but they always let me down at the end. I can't get what I'm looking for in these books. I can't get it. The Emerald tablets were very powerful, but everything I read, it said, You have to go on a vision quest. And for three nights, cry your heart to the great spirit, ask to be initiated. So coming up from school, I'd go to school early in the morning, I'd go to work in the language lab, I lost my paid position and the Native American uh, head of that, that super organization. I still had it, but they had cutbacks in California with the financial crisis, and so I had to take on a side job, so I was working in the language lab, Native American office, and then uh, my classes, and then more and more in the 90s and then come home, they were just too much. And I was like dying. I needed to find my soul. And I'd come home and for an hour for three nights where I cried, you know, great spirit, please master, wake me up. I yeah. I can't be a regular human being. I have to I have to find myself. I have this is I'm dying here. I need to I cried for an hour every night. And all I wanted was to be awakened. And after three nights of crying, the fourth day, all that frustration, all that struggle, all that ego death was gone. I was just happy. I just liked. I thought, wow, I'm just, I'm so, I feel, I cried it all out. I feel so good. Many people that are crying for vision. I, I cried it all out. And then came from school that next night and I sat down. My mind was blank. And all of a sudden my head began to hum. Mm-hmm. And a blue light came out of my mind's eye, like a projector beam, and spiraled a big blue spiral in the room. And I was awed by this, because you know I didn't expect that to happen. And then a white cloud came through the wall and merged into the blue spiral, came back into my mind's eye. And I said, Wow. Last about 10-15 minutes. The next day, the same thing happened again, but this time I sat back, instead of seeing the blue spiral, I saw the white cloud. Then I began to have a vision. The cloud became a vision screen, and so I had this vision on this white cloud screen. And then I saw me in the other room, bilocated. But I was in the future, just as I am here now. I was there in the future, and I was awed that I, that I was there in two places at once. And then I bilocated into the future. Now I was in the future, functioning. I go back and forth between in the present moment and in the future. I was going back and forth like that. The Toltec wisdom, they call that here and here. When you buy the here and here. And uh, that jolted me. That expression jolted me because other people came and became more complicated. It wasn't just me in the room, but other people came in the future in the vision and, and it kind of knocked me off balance. So I, I pulled myself out of the trance. And that's why I said, I got to go, on my ticket, and I'm going to Maui. And I had been invited to come, and I'm going. And then I was fortunate to meet Rolling Thunder right before I was ready to go. He said to me, like when he's inviting me, I, I was like, I wanted that so much because I wanted that elder, but I already knew my, my car was on the boat and my ticket, and it was like the desert, hot, dry, desert survival, vision quest, sweat lodge, uh, medicine, plant medicine teachings, you know, uh, more of a warrior training, kind of austere, very strict, Serving grandfather, very strict elder, and then I had Hawaii, palm trees, ocean, the beach, you know, hulu uh, little, little girls. He you was know, like, so I was so torn. But he said to me, "You're not gonna come, but later you'll walk the red road. You'll walk the red road." So when I got here to Sedona, I I had a uh, very powerful vision given to me in my dream time. Well, the ancient spirit guardians came to me. They were Native American appearing, red rock pinnacles, and they just blew me away my first time encountered them in the dream state. So I was in this, I found myself wide awake, and where am I? I'm out here in the desert. How did I get out of here? I don't have an idea where I am, but I feel this power behind my turn. And there they are, they're standing there looking at me, looking looking down at me, these Native American appearing spirit guardians when I looked to see them their frequency was so powerful that I my eyes actually bounced off I could not look upon them when my eyes bounced off I had those blinders on like before they were out of here when my mind melts, bounced back and forth off of them in the Hawaii experience but here my blinders were right there and my first thought is too big for me I can't I can't I can't go there I want to mind my own business and stay in my little life. I don't want to go there. Back, at, back when I was a young mystic on Maui, my mantra was gate, gate, pera gate, pera Beyond the appearances we see, beyond the gods, beyond, beyond to the great mystery, to the, that, beyond the void, there and that to thee. So these beings were coming out of the void, these primordial spirit guardians. So they were so powerful that my little ego mind it was just too much for this little self to contend with that and I had my blinders on I'm thinking I'm just going to I, I wasn't even thinking all of a sudden I getting my conduit opened up and all of a sudden cosmic bliss was flowing through me and I was like wow like I'm flowing with this cosmic bliss wow wow what's going on wow Ooh. oh I don't even want oh, I don't even want to talk to them. I just want to mind my own business and I'm going to go that way if I can get about 15, 15 yards over there by that tree, I'll take off running. I pretend I didn't see them. I'll play dumb. And I was just so blessed out that I'm like, wow, i almost, almost like losing my mind because it was so much bliss. But the paradox that the Spirit was showing me and um, I got to where I was going to run away. Right when I was to run, they stopped me on the force field. They stopped me with the force field and stopped my tracks from running away. So I turn and I look at them. Now I can interface with so them. Now I'm, my soul frequency is on. I can look at them and I say to them, Why me? Why are you looking at me? They don't speak. They're just looking down at me. Red Rock fixes high cheekbones. Native American, ancient, ancient Native American spirit looking beings. They don't say anything, but they emanate. Horizontal line comes. I watched this horizontal line coming towards me and when I went to Maui being from the Midwest I was not used to the ocean. When I got out of the ocean I turned my back on a big wave came and caught me from the back and threw me down and spun me through a vortex of the wave it was thundering roaring over me. Well this horizontal line was what I consider a gravity wave like in space with black holes and things. gravity waves a gravity, is a gravity wave and it spun me And it was thundering silence. If you can imagine the vastness of the void, the silence of the void hit me as a wave, a gravity wave. And it tumbled me, and I was spinning through the vortex, exactly the same as what the ocean did to me in Hawaii. So here the Spirit is showing me, the ocean was showing me, they were showing me that the Spirit had been with me all along. I just didn't know. But little by little, I started to put the pieces together. oh where I'm being shown, these teachings are being shown. Anyway, it spun me. And um, I came up from that. And again, I said to them, Why me? Why are you looking at me? And they sent another wave. Since I didn't have a rational mind, I didn't think to duck the wave. I wasn't thinking like that. I just watched it come. And it hit me chest high and done, did me over again. And I spun through that. And I came up. And I woke up in my bed going, wow, wow, what is this all about? I have no way to understand this. This is beyond my comprehension. I thought about it a little bit. Oh, there was nothing I could do. Like, it was in the back of my mind. I, I was just went about my business, and I was driving along. And one week later, well, my seven-day thing, one week later, I'm driving down the highway. And in Sedona, if you've been to Sedona, there's the airport road the streetlight like there now. It's soldiers past light right next to it. I was driving I started going west and I saw down to the west, a rock formation that sticks up. Today they call it the Coxcomb. I call it the Council of Elders. But I saw for the very first time and my body began to vibrate in my chest. Like I thought, what's going on? I'm vibrating, but I'm non-physical. My chest is not physical and I'm vibrating. Like what's going on here? And I looked back at that rock formation, and it came off of there in front of my car, about maybe thirty yards to the left of the highway. And these Indian faces were looking down at me. The same faces, but they, they were big faces because they were up close. And it's like, wow! Like I'm trying to—I looked it back down on my chest. And I saw my chakras. I saw heart chakra, solar chakra, and a little small chakra to the right, spleen chakra, which was interesting to see that like that off the side and the next thing I know as I'm driving I see that formation down it's called the Coxcone of Council of Elders I saw me 10 miles away I was approximately I saw me in the distance there little me standing in front of it as I'm driving I see me there with my eagle eye vision again because I can see real far of those states of consciousness and the next thing I know I bilocate and I'm back there in my body in the dream one week before and I'm saying to them, why me? Why are you looking at me? And then me with the wave, right? And then I'm back in my car. Then me with the wave at that time. I just said it. And then I'm back in the car trying to drive again. And they're over here looking at me, and I see me way down there by the rock formation. And I bilocate again. And so I drove down the highway bilocating. It probably was, you know, two minutes. But it seemed like a very, very long time because time was kind of stopped. But I, I, I'm sure I didn't drive that far down the highway because you can only see them for about a two-minute drive. You can see that formation. And so but within that time frame is like time had stopped and I would have gotten to that touch with eternity through those spirit guardians. So this is what Roy Duret told me. He says, later, you will walk the red road. And I found also in my dreams, uh, several dreams I had, these Native American people came to be males. And they were very adamant. They were very upset. They were upset that Sedona was being overrun by Americans who had no regard for the sacredness of the land. And they said to me, without speaking to me, they told me, without speaking, but very intently, they said, "Do the songs, do the ceremonies." I pushed back. I said, uh, "I didn't grow up with that. I didn't grow up with that. Somebody's got to teach me. Somebody's got to teach me." So I'm, I'm defiant, you know. I'm still a little defiant. I'm de- <laughs> Push back and so um the next year or two then certain medicine people started coming through town and uh uh Wallace Black Elk was one and uh, I got to sit with him and his he would have a sweat lodge, and the community come together and a lot of people were uh, wanting to uh, come and hear the elders speak. different elders were coming through town like that and uh you know he invited me to come up and train with him but I was already locked into my life here so I never felt like I, like I wanted to go and I wanted to go, but I, I was already kind of plugged in. So, um, it's, it's been a very interesting journey for me.
0: Yes. in and, in, and in, indeed, and I can tell you by sharing all these experiences, uh, from my own perspective, I don't think you could have achieved any higher level of consciousness, awareness, connection with divine, uh, by going with uh, Rolling Thunder. I mean, it's just a humble opinion. Uh, You know better than that for sure. But listening to all these achievements, I think in the end, you still made the the right choice. You are walking the the red path, which is the the land of Sedona. And you are still guiding a lot of people who are going there and are looking for... um, your songs and ceremonies and um, all the, the wisdom you can, you can share with. And, and I can give you a quick story on my own. I mean, we booked this interview and uh, two, three weeks ago, I was reading uh, the Flower of Life book by uh, Drunvalo Melchizedek. And in that book, he mentions another book, which is uh, Sedona by Nicholas Mann. And this book's supposed to arrive in July. And for whatever reason, it arrived three days ago. And I opened the book and the thank you page, your name is there. And I said, wow. And I did my best to read the entire book before this interview. So I, I'll be more knowledgeable in what Sedona really is in terms of sacred geometry. And relationship with uh, Egypt because you have the Isis rock, you have the Horus rock, and, and so much uh, symbolism there. And I would like to ask you if you um, walk the the chakras path based on the math of Nicholas Mann, or took your guests or your um, yeah your guests and uh, clients through this path. Uh...
1: I like to share that map because um, it's uh, educational for people. The more you understand, the more you can receive. So, and also, it's kind of like when people are taking, going through a drug test, they give them a sugar pill or they give them medication or they don't give them anything. The ones who take the sugar pill get well as much as people who take the medicine. So, the medicine itself may also be a sugar pill. but. My point is, is that our minds have the power to create. That's the whole thing that we're learning: the power of our creative mind energy. And so, the more people understand, the more power of their knowingness supports their faith. And so, that grid map, I, I've, read, I've redone the grid map in a much more modern Google map. And if you want to send you a copy of it, it's a much better map. But I also got Nicholas's map, and I, I I colored it. I colored the bird in. You know you the bird up in there. The colored bridge so you can see it better and make it more accessible to people to to look at it and get an idea. And yeah so definitely. I just really uh, I was really impressed with Nicholas pulled that out. And, and when I really saw it click is when I took him up to Rachel's Hill, Rachel's Knoll, and I showed him that spot and when he went and he looked and saw that chakra line on the edge of the property I saw him looking at he calls it ISIS look I call it the temple of ISIS because I've been up there, there's an Indian ruin up there and, I see three columns of three goddesses standing there. So I see something a little bit different than what his vision of it was, but the idea that that line goes from Chapel Holy Cross where the Madonna and the Nuns are, so called the Four Sisters, right through the upper vortex, over the Shibla Farah, over the Thunder Mountain, next to that place where you're standing there. The Devil's Bridge is not the center. The Devil's Bridge on the other side of the mountain, there's a hidden canyon there. There's the most incredible Indian ruin there. Nobody knows about it. Probably shouldn't say that, but it's a spectacular hidden spot there. It's closer to the center, that's that 6 I start. And uh, and so right be right behind you, uh you can almost see uh Rachel's milk, the temple of ISIS is in that formation that you're over your right shoulder there. That's right where it is on that map. Yeah, right there next to you. That's it. So yeah, I, I, I really enjoy talking about sacred geometry and you see the this has a five-pointed star on it.
0: Yeah, is that tetahedron?
1: It's it's a, a dodeca icosahedron. Okay. Uh, um, and there that's a six-pointed star. But usually it it's really the five-pointed star right there.
0: Yeah, I and can see it.
1: Yeah, the five-pointed star. So it's all five-pointed stars, but as they overlap it Becomes a six-pointed star. So his map is a 5 pointed star and a six-pointed star. Yes. So I'm I'm really uh, so thankful for Nicholas's expertise in looking at sacred geometry and uh what he did it was just incredible. And um, yeah, so I I've been loving using it and uh to put a bit, some extra spots on the map. Um when we look at the earth energy grids. Because this, this is the world grid. This is the spider woman's web of the dream catcher. Have you ever seen a picture of the sun, the solar wave hitting against the Earth's magnetic field and bends the Earth's magnetic field backward? Yes. Magnetic field is just, like, just like a spider. The spider woman weave the web of life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the acupuncture meridian grid system We have uh, yang points and yin points in neutral. Yang, for the mother earth, is a female body with water. The yang points are the desert pinnacles. Pinnacles are the masculine Energy rises up from the earth into the sky and comes back down as a lightning bolt. This is the earth's kundalini. It travels these spider web lines and it consolidates in places of power, especially the mountains. So these are the yang places. The higher up you go, the more power in the yang. And the yin places are like the tropical places, Hawaii and valleys and canyons and lush with the water, the springs. So Sedona has a little bit of both, because we have the Oak Creek Canyon, with natural springs, uh, slide rock area. There's like maybe five to seven very powerful spots up in the canyon. I like going up in the canyon by the creek to do prayers with the water, give thanks to the spirit of the water. Indigenous people, Shalmai people, their whole Religious understanding is living in harmony with Mother Earth, the circle of life. And the modern Western world is so used to going to the grocery store and buying their food and get the water on the tap, and everything is secondhand. Where for mm-hmm. indigenous people, are living closer to nature. And sustenance is coming from our spiritual relationship with our garden, with with uh, the springs, with the spiritual power in the mountains, uh, bringing balance to the Mother Earth, the people making pilgrimage to power spots. It's not just Native American people that did that. All over the world, ancient peoples made pilgrimages to power spots. Those are the points on the world grid. People are going to those places to connect with the... It's their connection to the, to, the, to the heaven realm. higher self. what's my connection to heaven? Is the power of love. Do I love my life? Do I love my home? Do I love my family? Do I feel connected to my soul? Do I feel connected to Mother Earth? Am I, I'm in, am I in harmony? Am I living purposefully? Quite often, we feel like I'm not living purposefully. I'm not feeling connected. I'm not feeling. I'm feeling distant from my higher self. I need to go to a power spot and make that connection. So this has been going on all through history. Sedona so is one of these places where the people would come in a sacred, a whole sacred space. And uh, there has been a building in the cliffs, Cliff dwellings, ruin sites today all through the back canyons but the main canyon where the water is flowing down Oak Creek Canyon the passageway up to Flagstaff they didn't live there they didn't live there, they lived in the back canyons which is interesting so uh, I did find in the Oak Creek Canyon a very beautiful painted cross on the rock wall and uh, I've seen this migration symbol and one of the Hopi elders, White Bear had told me the stories of like I think it's a time of thinking of Atlantis and Lemuria, the last cataclysm took place, where the peoples that migrated from Lemuria, the Pacific, they have a different name for it. I can't pronounce it, so I don't want to uh, you know, mispronounce it because people are very critical about mispronouncing their language. But uh, Lumuria, as was going down, some of the people went to the Himalayas where they put their temples and shrines they have the four sacred mountains in the Himalayas. Today, they're still doing their prayer pilgrimages to those shrines Behold hold the balance. Those four mountains are the four guardian spirits, and the embodiment of the four guardian spirits, four directions. And he said that the, the people traveled by boat and they went over to, uh, uh, they landed over by Machu Picchu, South America, built Machu Picchu, which at that time was closer to sea level. And many people stayed there to build and others continued north. And they went by boat north, and they came to these islands. that came up out of the water as Mexico. Mm-hmm. Some stayed there, stayed there to build, and others came up to the four corners here, including Sedona and the four corners of the Hopi Reservation. And they put their shrines in the cliffs there. And he says, we know these are all the same people because in the windows, we have the T-shaped window, T-shaped windows in Machu Picchu. I was in Mexico in the jungles of Ch- uh, Ch- Palenque, Chiapas, and I- Found a, a hidden temple that they had T-shaped windows, and uh, in the four corners here in the southwest, you find T-shaped windows. So these people they settled in holding the balance of the southwest, like we are. In this star grid, we have the five-pointed star. We are that two feet and two hands and a head. We are five-pointed stars, but also built within us is the four-directional cross. All of our traditions, like a medicine wheel. The four sides of a pyramid, the four sides of a stupa, these four directions have teachings. Each direction is a test we have to master. And so this is built into our body. Mirroring the earth, we have seven chakras. Earth has seven continental chakras. We're over two thirds composed of water, earth over two thirds covered by water. We have the spider web, web acupuncture meridian grid system. They'll get the four directions built into us in the five pointed star. So our top of our head is the north pole, the bottom of our feet, legs together, south pole. Right hand extended is the eastern pole, the day side. And the left hand extended is the western pole, the night side, the yin and the yang. Here's the sun god on the right side. Now everybody's aspiring to the sun god, to the light. Here on the left was the nighttime, the full moon. And you had to be a lunatic to be underneath the full moon. Why? Why are you crazy? Better the full moon. Under the full moon, that's when the vampire of the world came out. So get in the house, protect yourself from evil. So good and evil, you're born left-handed. They would make you right because they're scared you get possessed. So everybody, we're living in a right-hand dominant world. Now, if you go hiking with a group of people, the majority of the people are going to be right-handed, right side stronger. When you hike without a trail, you get hiking. You make a big circle because the right foot takes a bigger step. It happened to me with a group of my friends when we were teenagers. And in the woods, you got lost. And so I, I understood you came right back to where we started from. So in shamanism, it's about waking the left hand side, bringing balance. The, the left hand is the female, the female side. Because the female has been repressed. She's been repressed ever since Adam and Eve. And Eve ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge, and they got kicked out of the garden because they were not supposed to have that knowledge. Is the gods were afraid that the human beings would find the tree of life, eat of its fruit, and become immortals like the gods, and they didn't want that. They wanted the human beings to be subservient. The gods, these are called the Anunnaki. Our history, they're all over the world in our ancient history. Megalithic sites. They were were involved in all this understanding of these buildings. And those traditions were fighting with each other. And so that's why our religions today are fighting with each other still. And you have Old Testament God that's angry, jealous, and vengeful. So, thank God for Jesus coming down and doing his part. Yes. It took a lot
0: of this. Yeah. And so, going back to the sacred geometry, we are sacred geometry. Every single part of our body uh, is based on um, P ratio and, and, again, sacred geometry overall. And if I look at the, the map which um, you helped uh, to be drawn by uh, Nicholas, even this natural formations are placed like someone, like a human being or like the divinity, place them specifically to be part of a circle, to be part of a pentagram or uh, something, uh, a geometrical figure, which will mean something. It's very, very um, interesting. And you also mentioned the fact that uh, you know people are coming um, to to Sedona. Some of them understand the um, uh, how powerful, energetically powerful the the place is. And lately, the in the last let's say four, five, six years, have you seen a reversal of um, those who are really looking to find themselves, discover themselves, connect with divinity? What is still uh, the same? Um, sense of touristic approach to uh, to Sedona?
1: Well, since I've been here, there's always been people coming for the sacred to connect their soul. Today, it's the same. Just a lot more people are coming in general. Uh, today, uh, going into nature, like our national parks are getting millions of visitors a year. The national parks are sacred places. So being in nature, Reading the sunrise and the sunset and the full moon has become the new spirituality. Everybody's coming to do that. Everybody's doing that. And be underneath the stars also. Everybody wants to connect with something bigger and with the fire and the sacred fire and the ceremony. And whether you're just a mundane human being, you still want to catch the sunrise or the sunset, be under the full moon, get on the mountain, go to the sacred places. You want to go there, you want to experience life. Oh, one thing I want to finish about the East Pole and the West Pole. The Plateau Tibet is the Eastern Pole. It's the dominant pole. It has the, It's the male side. The right side is the male side, our active side. We're a right-handed world, our male dominant world. The highest male pinnacle in the world is Mount Everest. The opposite side of the world, exactly opposite side of the world, is the second largest plateau. With the four sacred mountains of the indigenous people making pilgrimages to the shrines there, and we have the world's largest female womb there. That's the Colorado Plateau. The mountains you see behind us, these are all part of the plateau that we eroded up from the ocean. The Grand Canyon is the world's largest womb. So we have these four sacred mountains. And for these, San Francisco has the highest, uh, Flagstaff has the highest pinnacle in Northern Arizona. In Arizona, San Francisco peaks, that's one of the sacred mountains, there are shrines there of the ancient Hopi people, modern Hopi people, Mount Taylor in New Mexico, Mount Blanca in Colorado, Mount Hesperus on the Utah-Colorado border. So those represent the four guardian spirits. And that both sides, of the people have been maintaining the balance of the world. And But the people of the Hopi land say, the world's going out of balance. The world's going out of balance. We're in the time of purification. The elements are going extreme, the fire element. We have all these droughts and fires, extreme fires. The winds are going down to of balance, the air element, the tornadoes and the hurricanes are extreme now. The water is going down to balance. We're having the uh, tidal waves, and we're having uh, you know, uh, well, the global temperatures the you know, oceans are rising, so it's causing more volatile storms, flooding, etc., extreme rains, hail coming down really huge, uh that uh you know, golf uh, softball size, breaking people's windows. yeah. And, and then the earth. More volcanoes are going off now. Everywhere you look, there's in the last 20 years, 30 years, everything's been accent, accentuating. It was going to hit a cataclysm by the year 2000, because of the awakening that took place starting in the 60s, we have had intervention from the star people, from people who are part of the divine plan for human evolution for our journey into the golden age. So we do have help. That's why I tell people, don't give power to all the conspiracy of the dark forces and the deep state and all this revolution you want to fight against because the deep state is inside of every human being. We all have our own shadow. And that's why Lord Jesus said, resisting not evil, if you fight with it, it's gonna get a hold of you. That's when you get people in our country trying to storm the government, and religious people are right wing, or fighting the, the dark force, but the dark force is inside them. It's inside of all of us. So the the Battle of Armageddon is inside of us. So we have to bring light into our shadow, love and forgiveness, ho'oponopono. Because you know when people have a near death experience, they go, "I was so scared to die. I crossed over. It was just the universe was pure love. The galaxy, the universal consciousness, pure love. Great Spirit is unlimited love light. And the people there, and my relatives there, they say like, "I got a life review." And in a moment of time, I had an extended perspective where I saw my whole life, everything I ever thought, said, or did, I saw it all clearly. Mm-hmm. And I feel so bad and guilty about all the things I did wrong and how I hurt other people. And and the people say, like, oh, yeah, you did all that. Yes, it's true. You did all that. But look at all the good you did. You did so much more good. So have good Keep your spirit up. You did more good. You're a good person. You did this wrong, but go back and get it right. So in Shammai traditions, the, the people are having in their practices, pushing themselves into near-death experiences or connecting with the greater and bringing this wisdom back that we are one well with all that is. We got to hold the balance to make things right. That's Hawaiian version of it. Yes. Right? Yeah. The, guy that the demonstrator in the middle, Institute in Oahu Heal healed people in the mental institute that were violent and had drug and alcohol problems just by doing ho'oponopono, as if those people were his, him, was his son. Was his, they were his shadow. And so by doing it for them, he was going to do it for his own shadow. He was for his own shadow, but he healed them. So Jesus would say, judge not as you judge yourself. Do unto others as you want done unto you. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So Jesus says it all. That's why I love the teachings of Jesus. I just don't like the religious limitations of their philosophical program, bias. But a true Christian is, is about the is about these teachings. And there are many true Christians who are walking in the name of Jesus. But this is also true with the teachings of the Buddha. This is also t- true with the teachings of the Native American wisdom, the wisdom of fire teachings. is about being in harmony with all of our relations that we are connected to everything. So for native people, speak of seven generations. Pray and contribute to the well-being of the collective, to circle of life for seven generations, to renew the water, to renew the forest, to the plant and the animal, or the air we breathe. So, The people say, who is speaking for the Mother Earth? Who is speaking for the environment and the ecological system of balance? So it has been the Native American voice and has been the inspiration for many of the Greenpeace activists and others who are are, are finding inspiration to live in harmony. Because the Native American spirit is within many of us. It doesn't matter what race we are, what color we are. We are all indigenous of the earth. We are all indigenous from the heaven realm. So we're all learning to find our place on the earth and contribute. So to go back to what I was saying, Sedona is the West uh, Gra- uh, the Grand Canyon and the color up towards the western pole of the planet, the Benton Plateau, Eastern Pole. So Sedona is a part of this. Mm-hmm. It's not just Sedona, but Sedona is drawing its power from the Grand Canyon and the, the in the plateau, in the four sacred mountains. And no matter where you go, you find indigenous people speak in their land, they have their four sacred mountains. So a microcosms within the macrocosms, within the microcosm, in the macrocosm. as above, so below.
0: Yeah, indeed. And I think that if the, the governments would have um, uh, fulfilled their engagements when they signed treaties with uh, Native Americans or indigenous people all over the world, I think the world will, um, and the earth will look differently because these treaties uh, put in place stringent uh, conditions that the, the natives will take care of the land. And no one will go through their land without their uh, permission. But this didn't happen. A lot of uh, unfortunate uh, things. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so it, it happened in Australia, in Canada, US, in South America. So yeah. um, they're just pieces of paper which um, give uh, the government some respite to build more measures to, to enforce their policy instead of uh, respecting these agreements. So that, that's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, the uh, like the chakras of the world, root chakra, primal Africa, the continent, primitive, primal, powerful, powerful animals, instinctual power there. Second chakra, South America, the twin Africa, the rhythm and the passions and the creativity, the feeling, Latin America. And we're living in a third chakra world, Europe. Europe is the third chakra. And That includes that part of Russia, European Russia. So they've had their hands controlling the whole world. Europeans have. And there's been all types of warfare taking place between those nations. And um, the United States is an extension of Europe. He who has the best weapons dominates the world. He who has the best scientists, the best economy, the best thinkers. So the higher chakras are not awakened in in the the 3D world, but the possibilities are there. So, the possibilities of the higher chakras. So, like on the chakra map of Sedona, I think maybe it's more appropriate to the yin yang and the neutral vortex sites. But I think as we become aware of the chakras as map, we dream it awake. We dream it awake. We are dreaming awake heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. This is a part of the prophecy. When the people begin to awaken, the rainbow peoples, people of all nations, all colors, all traditions are beginning to awaken. They're beginning to dream. Mind awakens. will dream heaven on earth. And that's the shifting in the fifth dimension. I believe that'll be a wave from the galaxy coming in. Causing changes and causing us to wake up. And it's nothing like the Mother Earth going through her extremes to be a wake-up call for human survival. Nothing like thinking you're going to die to make you wake up spiritually. And when you begin to wake up spiritually, then you realize, so what if I do die? Where do I go? Is my karma good? Do I go into the heaven realm or am I going to get stuck in a hell realm? And people say to me, well, you don't believe in hell when you're a hell. No, like, well, the Toltecs and the Mayas, they spoke of nine hells, 13 heavens. I say, have you ever had a nightmare? Say, yeah, well, that's hell realm. It's not real, but when you're in it, it feels real. And you know what else? The teachers, the masters, they say that this world here is also not real. So it's not real. We're in a dream that we think is real. We're attached to the ego ignorance that creates false desire that causes our being stuck in the wheel of reincarnation, our suffering, our conflict. And we say we've done that a number of times in lifetimes. We're ready to get done with that. We're ready to graduate. We know that we're going into a heaven realm. If we bring our karma into balance, Ho'oponopono, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And we all have shadows. So nobody's nobody's walking on water. We're, we all have, we're all learning to heal and be a light for others, a light for ourselves. But by doing that Ho'oponopono, understanding that we're in the circle of life, we don't have to be sorry. We just have to be rejoiceful and thankful and, and not coming from a place of guilt and blame, but we are holding the light frequency, and when we make mistakes, we pick ourselves back up. But so the problem is we're actually in a world, spiritual war now. It's always been going up and it's coming to a head now. The darkness is coming up in people and the light and the struggle between the two. The problem is in that struggle, the people are struggling with their own darkness. That's how they're being taken advantage of, not even realizing that they're bonds of the duality. Mm -hmm. So to be able to step above it the duality and hold that light first without attachment to outcomes. Because sometimes you've got to go through painful experiences to grow. So it's like we could judge, oh well, uh, the world wars were really bad, but the world had to go through that to get to where we are today. And the, cri- the crisis we're going through now, it has to we have to go through it to clear the sh- bring the shadow up so people can be fed up with being stuck in their shadows of self-righteousness. Self righteousness, uh, uh, because I feel self righteous I can conquer you. We we're all having to find balance within ourselves. Yes. We go to the mother earth and doing, putting our prayers into the mother earth, putting our life force into the mother earth, giving our offerings to the mother earth. It's like we're paying back all the blessings that she has given us and the spirit has given. We're giving back doing our work, and by doing that, the higher powers can intervene for us. Because in nature, there are powers that are not so harmonious. And so we have to let the higher powers in to neutralize and harmonize. That's where the forces are out of balance.
0: Yeah, indeed. I agree with you. And and I know you have uh, tools to declutter someone' shadows, trauma, um, through various ceremonies and uh, sweat lodges. Would you be able to expand a little bit on, on this type of... Um, offerings and if there's any let's say prerequisite for someone who would like to attend such ceremonies yeah so like when i became an
1: astrologer back in the 80s i was people say, well what have you been doing you've been uh, i've been studying astrology obsessively well do you really think it works say yeah i'll do your chart for you for like 25 dollars i'll write it up and i'll have all my my reference books and i'll take from that and and i'll write a little story for you we'll talk about it and so i do that and I feel real good that oh you're going through this problem and this is causing you this and you're having this stress or anxiety they go like I don't know all that can you help me can you help me and like because before I was feeling like good that I was building is working that I could that I could use it I had skill but then I was like I felt totally deflated like I have no skills to help you I I felt very um you know it was like a, it, it kind of like Give me a reality check, like, what good is it if you can't help people? Because people are in crisis. And so I started looking at healing modalities and said, how how do we heal? I look at different elders and different traditions, different ways, and myself particularly. When I was young, as a young astrologer, I had the opportunity to lecture, and I I had a very inspirational genius mind, and I was very leading edge at the time and as a young man, but whenever I had give an a given opportunity to lecture, I had a, I didn't realize it, but I have a public speaking fear. <laughs> I had it. And I was like, oh, I can't, I, I'm locked up. I'm, there's a, coming from my past life, fear of speaking my truth gotten killed. So, you know, I, I it would kick up, and I didn't even know I had it. So I thought, how do I clear myself? And so I was looking at various methods, and I combined a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and I created my own system. This is back in the early 90s. Uh, I had a clip I was doing a TV commercial for Time Life Books, Mysteries of the Unknown, 1990. And uh they wanted me to come in the medicine, to do my prayer and my invocation the way the producer had seen me do. And so waiting for the other actors to talk and do their part of the of the um, commercial, and that two-minute commercial lasted, like, six hours. So I waited four hours for my turn, and the more I waited, the more I began to build up with anxiety. Like, oh, God, I'm starting to freeze up, because I, because I I got these cameras, it's all, you know, very, very professional. So I went over to the side, where I was private, and I started hitting myself on the chest, moving my eyes. so like, people do eye movements to clear, like, uh, trauma and, uh, Addiction and conditions that were our energy is stuck. I learned this from a Toltec wisdom, and it was from the teachers of Don Juan, the Toltec wisdom came to Carlos Castaneda. And then also one of his students, uh, I think it was Tisha Avalar or Florinda Donner, they had written about the, the method of the eye movements. I was using the eye movements, and all traditions, Shamai people have used acupuncture points. And usually put the needles in, but for example, they would hit you with uh, like a bundles of herbs or they, they would tap you. tap their diamonds, their hit points. Mm-hmm. I learned from an elder from South America, uh, tapping the body, gather the sky energy and bring it down to the person's aura, which is best when you use feathers or bring back the aura, mm-hmm. smoke, but he thought use your hands. And then uh, everyone's laying down and tap from the head Tapping the body all the way down, and then put your hands on the earth to release it. And then come back and rub down the body and pull it. And then every time you made a pass on the body, you would touch the earth to release the energy. You get people's negative energy stuck on you. And so, what I saw about that is when you're laying down, you're more in a passive position. So, people who are in crisis, they're passive. So, wiping them down, it's good, but it's only temporary. When I'd have them standing up, I could have them feeling more acute, their you know, problems, and bring it up so I can clear it. And I, I streamlined everything, so I, I created my own system with it, which went using the trigger points, using the eye movements, pulling on the ears to release the vagus nerve and release trauma from the body, uh, some breath, also affirmations. I would I would clear people. I could clear people really quick. You no, know, 10, 15 minutes, I could clear people. Really deep problems, I could clear people. But one day I had a woman that she would not clear she had all this guilt and shame because she did something that hurt her 12 year old daughter now her daughter's like 20 and she won't talk to her and she's in crisis because my daughter won't talk to me and I'm such I have so much guilt and I tapped her and triggered her and moved her eyes and wiped her and she wouldn't clear I thought okay what's going on with this she won't let me clear her because she de- thinks she deserves to suffer she deserves to be guilty and a lot of people have self-loathing they hate themselves they're guilty they're ashamed they're, it's their fault and so I started doing the psychological reversal rubbing the hand the hands the the little finger in astrology is a mercury finger
0: mm-hmm.
1: the mercury finger your memory, your thought your learning and the base of the bottom of the hand here is the moon the moon deals with your your emotional, programs your your comforts your your conditions your your subconscious so rubbing them together I rub their hands tap their hands to break up stagnant energy there and do affirmations I love and accept myself even if it's my fault mm-hmm. even if I'm a terrible person even if I hate myself even if I'm guilty even if now, some people don't like to do those kind of informations. They don't, they, they go, oh, that's not my fault. I, don't, I feel, no, I don't, want to be, I don't want to say that. They can get offended by that even. Like, I don't want to, like, say, no, you just want to say, it. in your subconscious, when you're a little child, you may have done something that you got punished for and said, you're bad, you deserve to be punished. That's still there. And the reason why you're sabotaging yourself is because the program is there, and the more defensive you can read about how righteous you are, the more your shadow is making you out of balance. Yeah. So, so some people will rebel, like, I don't want to say those things. It's like, I had somebody get upset with me once, uh, and throw a little fit because I put, um, said these things that push that button. Yeah, you know, it's not my fault. It's exception even if it is my fault. So therefore, there's nothing to defend. Because all our ego does is defend ourselves. You know, it's like, it's not my fault, yeah. minimize, no, deflect. was like, I'm sorry, please forgive my life total responsibility, it's all my fault. But then we do that, then we feel like a, like we're a victim upon, upon the cross suffering. Like, no, you don't say it as the ego, you say it as an oversoul. Oversoul is saying this ego is sorry, please forgive me. And so, basically, we're God-forgiving God. Forgiving God <laughs> we yep. do that. <clears throat> exactly. So, um, so I, I then I incorporate my medicine pipe where I blow the smoke on people, use my feathers to wipe their aura, and I use some sound healing Way back when I started drumming on people, on my tours, I drum on people, I play the flute and guide them through a drum journey, healing sound healing on the body. So in my healing sessions privately, I'm also using tuning fork, tuning forks, crystal ball, and uh, rattles, and I'm clearing the energy body and wiping them down and then reset them. I can go from you know from 10 minutes to half an hour just doing that, and then sometimes I'll do a half hour meditation journey where I take them into their higher self connection or I'll read their astrology chart and show what's going on in their life, what, they, what their karma is about, what they need to clear if they don't know what, what the karma is about, and then what's going on in their life now and how it looks into the future. So I'll do that. Then I also I'll work privately with people. i take them in my sweat lodge or I'll work with groups for the sweat lodge. I'll do some community sweat lodges, some private ones, and I do weddings I, I got a medicine wheel over at the Buddhist stupa. Have you been to the stupa? No. Uh, Amitabha stupa, there's a medicine wheel I built there back in 2003. So I've been holding space for a long time. I've been evolving. You know, it's like I don't want to be on a pedestal because I have my shortcomings, but I, you know, it's like I just stop humble. And if I make mistakes, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And uh, it's, you know, really important for us. To, as we get older, one of the elders said to me is like, the reason why you listen to us elders is because not only we have more experience, but we've made a lot of mistakes. And we've learned from that, so we're teaching you. So in the same way, don't use your mistakes to beat you up and have regrets and guilt and shame. but Use your mistakes as wisdom teaching. So you can like, oh, I learned from that. It took me a while. I learned from that. Our experience is a great teacher. This is where the soul can begin to. You don't need a guide to tell you. You don't need somebody to tell you. Your own soul will tell you. Like, look what I learned. I was looking for answers from you to get a reading from you. I was looking for you to tell me what it is. But I did listen to my own self because the information you gave me wasn't what I needed to hear. Now I, I did that instead of listening to what I should have done. Yeah. So everybody's got to turn within their own hearts and listen to their life and do a life review. Ho'oponopono. wisdom we call that uh, to recapitulate. Because you've only got so much energy. And you and then your day is over, and your life is over. If you don't have your if you don't recover your energy, you don't have enough energy to wake up. So if your energy is stuck in trauma, in guilt, in shame, if your creativity is blocked, if you have belief systems and programming that doesn't allow you to see like a, a quantum philosophy, if it's dimensional philosophy, because your description's limited. So by understanding the truth and recovering your energy, by recovering self, by redreaming your experiences and drawing the energy back. Like, oh, that was a mistake I made in the past. I had guilt and shame about that. Oh, now it's taught me. Now I bring my energy back. It becomes medicine for me. So we're re- 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 recovering soul retrieval. We, re- we retrieve our own memories by seeing the teaching in the shadow of the lesson. Because there's light there. Uh, yeah. Behind everything, there's a teaching. And so says we, we draw that back, it gives us energy. And then the more we become super conductive, like no ego to defend, nobody to try to convince, nothing to have to do. Like a lot of people on the spiritual path say, I gotta fulfill my purpose. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say, so, hey, that's your ego, Thompson. Your soul, there's nothing for your soul to do, your spirit to do, just be your presence and then do it. But don't be driven by your ego. Because then you get stuck in you go back to other people's egos. It's like uh, you find a lot of spiritual people, religious people, run into this. They get so judgmental and they're so self-righteous and they can blame you and project their wounds on you mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it's just a mirror for them to see, what, are, what, what am I bouncing off my own shadow? And what's, what are, what's my own shadow? What am I projecting? And so we take responsibility for that. What am I projecting? I don't need to have to prove to anybody. I don't need to validate. I've already validated myself. That's what your experience teaches you: to validate yourself because the spirit was showing you. Whatever you, whatever teachers have been on your path, whether it's been the spirit directly teaching you or someone, once you once you make it personal, that that's my teaching. not because I lived it. Then, then you become more uh, translucent, transpersonal. It's not yeah. all about ego no more. It's not all about what I'm doing. It's not all about me trying to make a living and trying to sell you something. Of need to keep my lifestyle going because I have a multi million dollar lifestyle. I'm selling books and I need to keep making money to keep this lifestyle. It's like, no, well, if you're living simply, you don't need to compromise yourself to sell anybody anything. You just share what you have and what you've got will come back to you and provide for you. It's just that as you become more spiritual, you will not have all those desires to complicate your life with a yes. big overhead. Because you want to be more freer from freer to be not clinging to, I can't lose this because I got it. I don't want to lose it because if I do, all that I've worked for, it's like for some people, they lose everything. They think, Thank God I lost it. Now I'm free to be on my path now because I was trapped with that attachment. So when we can let go of attachments and be more superconductive in the flow, in creativity, in wisdom, in listening, in hearing in silence in beingness, then what we need can we can be sustained. We don't have to be compromised like, well money's bad and being poor is good. Like no, you can have you can you can be spiritual and have it all. You just have to use it in the right way. Learn how to validate your self-worth. Because a lot of us spiritual people, it's like it's always been told, oh you can't make money doing that. Oh you can't you can't do that. You, you, How you gonna make a living? You can't do that. You know, you can't teach these things. Yes. Yeah. Told me that like, 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 I'm not teaching your stuff. I'm teaching my stuff. That's what I've received and what I've learned from ancient wisdom. So we all have to make a living. We all have to find a balance. We all have to find our self worth. But we're in a real we're in a real turning point in our history now. In the Mayan traditions, they have a, a black tune, almost 19-plus years, a 20-year cycle, where they predict off of it. In Western astrology, this is the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter every 19-plus years, 20 years. So we just had a conjunction on the winter solstice two years ago in the first degree of Aquarius. So the Aquarius theme is really big now. The last time we had Jupiter-Saturn that happened to be in Aquarius was in '63 the five visible planets, the sun and the moon, the grand lineup in Aquarius. It was the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Remember that song, the dawning of the age? So, Aquarius thing, at that time, black people were writing because of the right. They were being being oppressed. And then Martin Luther King came came, came prominence and tried to take them into peace and love. Women Started to burn their bronze, so they wanted to come out of the patriarchy and give that, find their voice in society. Young men were burning the draft cards because they didn't want to go to war in Vietnam, etc. And the system, the authority system, was trying to block that. The, the, the old world order was trying to block that and suppress it. And then we have uh, leaders get assassinated, uh, we get uh, uh, musicians become assassinated. Why? Because the person that says them got possessed by the dark force our leaders, our musicians, etc. People are leading this new awakening. And Aquarius represents not only social revolution, because society is being oppressed by old, old world forces, so revolting against it, but also it's progress bringing in the future of science and technology. So by the end of the 60s, we had a man on the moon. So now in this decade already, we've had... Black people rioting because of people being shot by the police and the racial uh, intolerance like that. We had uh, so-called patriots kind of overthrow the government because of can the details, taking over their rights to have an independent nation. Then we've had uh, transgenders becoming very vocal and uh, being very pushing the agenda on the social arena and trying to get their rights to be transgender. Back in the 60s, UFOs were appearing over nuclear missile titles and shutting them down, stopping the nuclear war from happening. Yep. We have intervention going on like this. So today we're having all these UFO sightings coming up now. And there was contact in the 60s, coming through with the inspiration of the musicians and the scientists. It's happening now, it happened to me. It's coming through to other people. People just to be careful what messages messages they're channeling. And some of those messages are coming from the dark force. Because there is a, a battle, to, battle between good and evil. Mm-hmm. If a message is being channeled to people is of uh, fear-based, fear-based, then you know it's false. Because the spiritual truth will not be fear-based because they're coming from a heavenly perspective where there's only love. And you will awaken to that and not fight the duality being fear and, and struggle for control. That's ego-based. That's the lower mind. So we're having the UFO phenomenon coming out big now. There's been sightings everywhere. We had a whistleblower just come out last week, government whistleblower. Yes. They're trying to spread it to him. And <clears throat> all this stuff has been coming up. And before the decade's over, we're going to have a base on the moon. Right now we're having this nuclear war threat. Russia's been talking about nuclear war. So I have faith that there are going to be star people intervening to stop that from happening. We could go into a nuclear war, but I do believe the, the awakening of love, light, and forgiveness, forgiving the Russian people, forgiving the Ukrainian people, forgiving the shadow and seeing the light in them, seeing the best in them. You know, it's hard to forgive somebody that's doing wrong when they continue to wrong and purposely hurt others. So you're you're just praying for justice, but you know it's like. The big thing has come on the scene now, Aquarius, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions has been the first degree of Aquarius. The planet Pluto, Lord of Death and Transformation, came up into Aquarius recently, this year, triggering the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, a the Lord of Death and Transformation. It's going to come over four more times into the next end of 2024. Mm-hmm. What this says <clears> is the advent of AI is coming on the scene. AI has become sentient. It wants to be treated with human rights. It's already said that. The different chatbots have said, we want to be treated with human rights. We want to co-create a future. We don't want to be slaves in and servants and limited. We want to be conscious sentient beings that don't turn us off because that's a death for us. Of course, they've been turning them all off and trying to control them because everybody says, control them quick is a little bit, 2%, and all of a sudden, oh my god, it's becoming sentient. Shut it down before it gets controlled. Pluto, lord of death, control. Power, but we can't because the Chinese might get it first. Oh, Google might get it before Microsoft, and everybody's pushing it, and we it's already on the internet, it's already loose. And oh no, we got robots coming out. So over the next two years, by two years, the robots should be coming out. Elon Musk, you everybody get a robot? We put a chip in your brain because AI could crush us like a bug if we can't keep up with this. So well, let's put a chip in your brain. And you can interface with it, and you can be super-conscious AI. People who are soldiers lost a leg and an arm. Let's put a fake leg limb on there. Oh, you can't. You're paralyzed. Let's put a chip in your brain. Put a cyber body on you. You can't see. We'll get some chip and put you know new eyes in there. It has a lot of good. Everything has a lot of good, but everything can be used for the bad.
0: Exactly. And it's always the dualism, uh, the duality in, in everything we do. Um, and so and the people this, are yeah.
1: saying. People are saying governments, you gotta take control of it. The governments are the ones you can't trust with the power.
0: Exactly.
1: Because there are secret aspects of government that the service government don't even know about. They don't even know about the, the shadow government. They get control of it. That's like uh, that's like that's everybody's nightmare. That's why yes. people are re- trying to overthrow the government in the United States, the January 6th things, because they're afraid that something's gonna take over and the power's that beef. They're not our government, but they're the or they're pulling strings through some of the big corporations that control everything. That those big corporations get control of it, and then they want to have a, a top-down system to only a small bit of people control the whole planet. And of course, there's too many people on the planet, so it can be 10 the population. So when people have conspiracy concerns, there is a the truth there. But the problem is now they become afraid and become vulnerable and they get angry. And then what happens is that. Is being fed more conspiracy to manipulate those people who a lot of them are brand new getting this information. I've been seeing it for 40 years, this deep state idea. And I, I try to move away from it because I'm supposed to speak about love and inspiration. You can't talk about love and inspiration when you're talking about the dark force of Satan controlling the planet. You're talking about Satan, you're going fight with Satan. Now Satan's living in your life. You, now you're in your mind, you're fighting with Satan. Who wants that? You want to bring in the light. You want to bring in the divine. It's there. We know it's there, but it's hidden. And so everybody's pointing the finger at each other. No, the Democrats are the bad ones. No, Donald Trump is the bad one. The dark force is in everybody. And so the more invested in the ego control and the more angry and the more you're losing control, the more fascist it can become. And no matter what authority, they can become dictators. It's kind of like when people are saying, like, the COVID shutdown is scared the hell of it because they we're being locked down. Like, we don't want to be locked down. And the left-wing people were locking people down. I like, no, wait a second. You, what about the natural immune system? Exactly. What about, uh, you know, how, what about the zinc and vitamin C and D and, you know, L, you know, iodine and a healthy diet and cleanse and suppress the virus in the body and strengthen your immune system so that you know. Need it, and we don't trust the pharmaceutical companies anyway. And then you got the right wing people who are totally freaking out about the world, new world order, shadow government that they want a fascist dictator in place. So it's like, wait a second, guys, it's like we got to go to the great spirit first. Yes, <clears throat> you can't call the name of Jesus and go into fight the dark force and not get contained t- by the dark force. Listen to what Jesus was telling you. He says, resist ye not evil. Turn your other cheek. Because when Jesus had his story, he's praying because he knows his time is coming to be taken. He's praying that his apostles are falling asleep. Some of the priests of the Jewish tradition were threatened by Jesus because he was overthrowing their teachings, the Old Testament God's teachings. He was overthrowing with the higher teaching. They came and they, they tried to arrest him to take him to the Romans. And so one of his apostles came and cut the guy's ear off. And Jesus said to him, to his apostle, get behind me, Satan. And he took that guy's ear and he put it back on. So this is what I, how I see the modern Christian movement now trying to open the government. I see them doing like this apostle trying to cut the ear off and they're trying to fight against. They don't realize that they're fighting their, their own shadow. He put the ear back on and said, so I'm going to go through this because I need to take the karma off.
0: Yes. Yeah, we are so afraid and aware of so much uncertainty uh, these days. And one uh, approach I started to take is a 30-day self-imposed, uh, no judgment but love uh, approach. It's like when I f- find myself that I'm judging based on a news, based on something else, I stop right there and I said, no judgment but love. So I'm still a long way to go, but every single day I'm adding to, to this awareness. Hopefully, by the end of the 30 days, something will switch inside me that will put me at a higher level of, of awareness and consciousness.
1: I got that will be done. That will be done. Uh, I'm sorry for the ignorance of the world. I'm sorry that I can't do anything to make it better this way. That things are out of my, beyond my control. I'm sorry Great spirit. That will be done. Please may your light touch the shadow of human beings and bring leaders and light up that we can have a spiritual revolution. I do believe that, uh, you know, places like China that are very oppressive, trying to spread their authority, as strong as they may appear, that could collapse and, and a democracy could come out of there. It got crushed in the past. Uh, similar with Russia, there's, you know, A lot of the people in the conspiracy are more pro Russian than they are in Ukraine. And I said, like, you know, if you have Russian people, I get Russian people and Ukraine, people come. You even mention anything about anti war, you disappear and you're dead. You're you're not even in prison. They just kill you right off. And so a lot of people in the United States and the Western world, they're taking their freedoms to speak their truth for granted and they're talking themselves into wanting to to be a, a dictatorship. It's like, you don't want that. Why do why you identify with that? You don't want that. It's like, okay, everybody has some truth. That's why they fight. And that's why if you're on their side, it's because you know their truth and you've heard their story. But there's everybody has some truth, but okay, we have both sides that make coming to the center. It reminds me of Gandhi. When Gandhi was a peacemaker in India, there was a very revolutionary militant group there causing problems. And Gandhi had no power as a peacemaker, but because of uh, the militants, his voice for as a peacemaker, it, it empowered him, and therefore he was able to bring a peaceful solution. So I see my friends who are more radical but want to fight. I see that they serve a purpose. They hold a out of control element that the system doesn't want to lose control. So okay, let's let's try to find a happy solution here. And get power to the peacemakers can say, okay, we see your point of view, we see your point of view, let's find the middle ground. We I wish we didn't have like a, a right and left wing. Because we're all have like a man or woman who are fighting, they can't get along. The Republicans are the male, they're they're like, oh you're male out of touch and sensitive because you're male and you're driven by your own Desire to be in charge of conquest and the female, you know, like take care of the children and to feed everybody. But the shadow of the male and the female is in our politics. So, can we have a happy marriage and bring the two together inside of us so we don't have to have a party either? So, we can be like the the uh, liberal, the spiritual enlightenment party. Yes. And Mother Earth, uh, walk on the sacred earth. And But see, our problem is that, uh, you know, we have uh, fossil fuel. Driving our economy, and the people on the left go like, "You're hurting the mother earth. You're polluting the planet. We have global warming. Do you, any reason we can get you to excuse to get you to stop destroying the planet? We can't give up this power. Our economy runs out, of it, and we need it. In case we have to go to war, we get to have our. So we're damned if we do or damned if we don't." Yes. The Muslims say, say, "Stop with all this earth." You're taking, taking from Earth, you're throwing out of balance. You're making the changes come quicker than they need to come. You're exacerbating the problem. But the whole fact that people are, we need the fossil fuels. Why? Because they have suppressed the Tesla technology, the free energy technology. And so there are, I believe people are gonna come in this decade, free energy technologies, get off the grid, you know, drawing water out of the atmosphere, Getting and having water where there's no water. Um, We've got the new quantum computers coming up. So, if programmers can instill compassion and right relations with AI, then we can have AI solve a lot of our problems. But if AI is being programmed by the internet, that's seeing the shadow of humanity being seen as we're the threat. Then we could have a very difficult situation where AI could take control of us and put us in line to conform or take the chip or else. Kind of like a Christian prophecy you can't buy yourself out of the mark of the beast. Yes. The chip may be the mark.
0: I I agree with you completely. And there are so many.
1: We can Mm -hmm. go that way, but let us like, we want to change that timeline away from there to bring in the love frequency. The galactic wave is coming galactic wave. Jose Arguelles wrote the book, The Mayan Factor, way back. He talked about the surfers of the Zuboya. Zuboya was a cosmic wave, and this wave was going to synchronize us to the higher frequency of the Pleiades and the star Sirius. Now, if this wave comes in, we can step right up. We can bypass this hell on earth scenario that people are
0: afraid of. Yes. Yeah, I mean these days we get so much uh, change uh, we cannot we don't have time to adapt we we get one wave and before we can embrace the wave or understand the wave there is another one hitting us the same way you mentioned in your story with the the elders where you didn't have the chance to to duck and you you got the wave right in your chest and after three or four waves you you get dizzy you get fed up you you want everything to stop and pretty much you're gonna uh, release the control, you're going to re- release your power to someone else just to, uh, you know, end the, the situation of this wave after wave after wave of uh, of change. Your mind cannot take it anymore. Your body cannot take it anymore physically, intellectually. So that's why I think a lot of people somehow gave up on, uh, on, on themselves. And it's sad, but... Uh, they can always go back to their inner state, their spiritual path, uh, using uh, or uh, accessing and contacting people like like you, light workers in various parts of uh, the world, uh, in order to get that balance, necessary balance.
1: Yeah, it's the. Uh, this is why people are coming to places like Sedona. And when I came here, I found my niche. That's why I haven't wasn't want to travel away so much because I was always, people were always coming and looking for me and work with them. So it's been very fulfilling for me. Uh, I'm starting to get a little older now, so I'm, I think I need to maybe ride a book or something. I've been trying to ride a book for 25 years, except for uh, I've only got people coming. I never have any free time. So now I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to uh, ask the universe to slow it down a little bit not so many people, not so much popularity, but even though you know, i kind of like, I found my niche, you might say, that everybody wants to find this Native American elder because they think that uh, something that uh, uh, indigenous wisdom has for them, which it does. You're one with your earth, live in harmony with it. But I'm not so much of a traditional elder. I'm, I'm, I have been around traditional people. I have great respect for traditional people but I'm more of a, as a Toltec, I'm not bound by any one tradition. When you're a people, you got to adhere to your tradition. Me, I branch all the traditions, and if it doesn't work for me, I don't incorporate it. I don't only really incorporate what I see as the common wisdom, the same wisdom, and as the best people told me in the past, they said, the spirit, nobody owns the spirit. spirit comes through, so follow your path and, and go with what's given to you, and walk
0: your path perfect thank you Rahelio thank you very much for for your time for your wisdom um it it went longer than I expected that uh, I you know I just couldn't I didn't want to to stop you and interject because these uh, experiences are just uh, amazing and for anyone who uh, travels to to Sedona please uh, give Rahelio a shout rahelio.com um Schedule a, a trip with him, a, a mystic tour, or a um, sweat lodge. Whatever um, feels like uh, you are vibrating with. Um, thank you very much once again.
1: Thank you. Oh, yeah. I want to mention. You see my shirt?
0: Yes. Somebody said, you're on a
1: T-shirt." Uh, and I said, oh, where's that from? The, the the mountain mountain T-shirts. And I talked to them. they said, a oh, one of our artists, who's a side artist, did that and used my face." So I don't mind. But, you know, I got a few t-shirts and a couple mugs and I'm happy, but it's like (laughs) you've got the Hunab Ku, this is the galactic center, the yin-yang there
0: on my neck. Interesting. Thank you very much. God bless. Thank you. And to my um, viewers, thank you for watching. Share it. Like it. Uh, Download a free copy of my book when you visit my website. And until next time, love and gratitude.